0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Bold Beautiful Borderline podcast. It is Sarah and I am recording alone today for kind of an interesting episode. This is maybe on the nerdy side of like the things that we talk about in this podcast. Um, Still relevant to all things borderline personality disorder and emotion regulation, but I thought it would be kind of an interesting episode to record. So... As you guys know, I'm a therapist in a private practice. I'm contracted with a Medicaid agency in Oregon. Obviously, we've all done our fair share of therapy. If you haven't, highly recommend it. Um, It's a pretty interesting process to be a patient and learn about yourself. It's also a very interesting process to be a clinician. Like, let's be real. Y'all know that I only came into this work to try to fix myself and my family um, I'm really grateful that it's met, like allowed me to meet a ton of really rad people. But, um, I often find myself reflecting back my work into my own mental health. I think that's a pretty human trait. So here we are. But what I want to talk about today is the owner of my agency recently added in a, Assessment tool into our electronic reporting system that I've been using with clients who experience like emotion dysregulation. And I wasn't aware of this tool before to like quote unquote score how dysregulated people might become or how regulated people are. And so I naturally was like, oh, I have to do this. Um, If you guys have been following along like in previous episodes with my ADHD assessment and like diagnosis process, I only realized I was struggling with attention because I was doing the self-reporting scale with my clients. So here I am reflecting back this work on myself, but. So today we're going to talk about the DERS, which is a tool called Difficulties in Emotion Regulation Scale. It's kind of interesting. Um, Nobody's ever used this with me before. I don't think it's very widely used, but I kind of thought it would be fun if I did this scale for myself, obviously while talking to y'all, and did it comparing like how I perceive my past behavior. Past behavior, meaning like behavior a few years ago, maybe when I wasn't completed, when I hadn't completed a DBT program, when I wasn't properly medicated and all of those things. So we're going to go through all of the assessment questions together and I'm going to talk about my before and my now kind of rating. Um, But just a quick overview of the difficulties in emotion regulation scale. It's a brief 36 question assessment that yields like a total score. And then it's broken up into six subscales, which are non-acceptance, goals, impulse, awareness, strategies, and clarity. Um, It's interesting because... It offers us like knowledge about how people um, are regulated, but it doesn't like it. Literally says in the scoring interpretation, an elevated score of the DERS is not synonymous with a borderline personality disorder diagnosis. While there are no official clinical cutoffs for the outcome of your like scoring it can still be a powerful resource in helping to track changes in a person's ability to self regulate over time. So we're going to go through this together. Um, It's rated on like a one to five rating scale. Um, So I'm just gonna get started. I will definitely have a link to like an overview of this if anybody's interested in taking this assessment for themselves. So I'm hand writing this um, and then I'll talk about like the scoring at the end. So the first question is, I am clear about my feelings. Five would be almost never and one would be almost always. I would say now I'm definitely at a two and back in the day, I would say like a four. So that would be sometimes. Um, Question two, I pay attention to how I feel now I would say one almost always and I think that previously again I was like four sometimes I was definitely like inundated with my feelings all of the time but wasn't like regulated enough to pay attention to them necessarily three I experienced my emotions as overwhelming and out of control I can tell you Without a doubt, 100% that back in the day, I um, was almost never in control. So now I experience my emotions as overwhelming and out of control. I would honestly say sometimes. Um, But back in the day, five, almost always. Four, I have no idea how I'm feeling I think I would say almost never. I definitely like know how I'm feeling now. Most of the time back in the day, I would say most of the time I wasn't able to like label how I was feeling just because the feelings were too big. Five. I have difficulty making sense out of my feelings. Uh, back in the day, sometimes I would say, okay, I'm lying. I would say most of the time I had difficulty making sense of out of my feelings. And now I would say, I think almost never, unless I'm like very, very dysregulated, which has maybe happened like twice in August. Um, Six, I am attentive to my feelings. I would say I'm almost always attentive to my feelings. I really am working at like naming them and doing the skills and all that good stuff. But back in the day, probably a five, like I just couldn't be attentive to my feelings because they were just so big. <laughs> like y'all know what I'm talking about. Like they are big. Um, Seven. I know exactly how I'm feeling still. I would say most of the time I do, but definitely not always. And then back in the day, I would say, like, sometimes I could label my feelings, but I would say it, like, leans on that almost never. So let's be honest about that. (laughs) Eight, I care about what I'm feeling. Absolutely care. Um, Back in the day, I didn't care because I just wanted to disappear. So I'm going to be honest and say absolutely almost never. Nine, I am confused about how I feel. I think I still do experience a lot of confusion about how I feel. So I'm going to say three half the time. Just because, like, I recognize that a lot of the time my feelings still are not necessarily consistent with reality when I fact check them. But I don't, like, behave in a way that's most of the time consistent with that. Um, and I would say a few years ago, I was always confused about my feelings. Number 10, when I'm upset, I acknowledge my emotions. I would say most of the time and my therapist, I saw her yesterday, shout out Jennifer, I love you, um, was like, acknowledged how proud she was of me and my progress and like how skillful I am. So I think a two is fair. Um when I'm upset I acknowledge my emotions. I'm going to just say almost never. I when I was upset I was just so upset I couldn't acknowledge anything. 11 when I'm upset I became or I become angry with myself for feeling that way. I'm going to say I still feel a lot of anger so I'm going to say most of the time. And then historically always. Anger and I have a very interesting relationship. Uh, I feel anger a lot. I still feel anger a lot. I just don't always behave in a way that's like consistent with that anger. 12. When I'm upset, I become embarrassed for feeling that way. Almost always, I still feel a profound amount of embarrassment and shame. I can't even cope with it a lot of the time. Um, Actually, my therapist challenged me to maybe tell my clinical supervisor at my practice that I have a borderline diagnosis as a way of like really trying to fight the shame. She was saying, you know, Sarah, you could be like a model for other clinicians that don't necessarily understand borderline personality disorder. Um, Like you can help them realize it is possible to be as regulated and as functional as you are, even though I don't always feel very regulated and functional, but that made me feel good. Um, 14, when I'm upset, I become out of control 100%, without a doubt, back in the day, always, 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 my behavior was very out of control. I would say now only sometimes, only sometimes. And I do want to acknowledge that, like, my out of control behavior now generally is pretty, like, trauma-informed and, like, harm-reduced. I think that's a fair assessment. 15. When I'm upset, I believe that I will remain that way for a long time. I think I only sometimes think that now. And I think mostly it's my depression that makes me feel that way. But I used to think that my emotions and feelings would last forever and never stop. So a five. 16. When I'm upset, I believe that I'll end up feeling very depressed. I'm going to be honest, I lean to depression so much, so five still, almost always, and then historically five still. And like, this is kind of the thing with borderline, right, is that it's a personality disorder for a reason. Some of these things really are kind of persistent across the lifespan. Um, But what we do with them is more effective, and how we let it control our life is more effective, Obviously, like I can already see this looking down at the scoring sheet. I'm way more regulated than I used to be. But there are still some fours and fives in my like now presentation. 17. When I'm upset, I believe that my feelings are valid and important. I'm going to say half the time. It's really hard for me to remember if I thought much about the validity of my feelings back in the day. So I'm going to just go ahead and say half the time too. Because I think I was so overwhelmed and dysregulated that trying to think about if they were valid or not was hard. I probably always did think they were valid, but I'm going to cut little Sarah some slack. Maybe she had some insight that I just don't remember. 18. When I'm upset, I have difficulty focusing on other things. Okay, this is where the co-occurring ADHD and BPD live. Like, Focus is not my strong suit, so I'm just going to say almost always. When I'm upset, I feel out of control. I used to feel out of control all of the time, forever and ever. And I would say now, about half the time, I feel like I've got like a really solid handle on control. 20. When I'm upset, I can still get things done. Absolutely not. (laughs) I talk so much about how I need to nap. Like that is... Things don't get done when I'm upset, but the sooner that I nap and reset, they will be able to get done. 21. When I'm upset, I feel shamed with myself, ashamed with myself for feeling that way. Ah, my black and white brain wants to say yes. But I'm going to say I've been really working on shame, so I'm going to say half the time. But back in the day, absolutely. Full send, as the kids say. Um, 22, when I'm upset, I know that I can find a way to eventually feeling better. I would say most of the time. And I would say back in the day, sometimes a four. The thing for me is like, I have enough data to show me that even when I swing low, I'm always going to feel better. Cause like here the fuck I am feeling better. Um, but that used to feel really hard to see. 23, when I'm upset, I feel like I am weak. I wish I knew like what the person who wrote this meant by the term weak, but I guess like emotional weakness probably. Um, I still think that I do feel weak when I'm upset. I would say like half the time because for me, it's like the impulse to just blow my life up is still really strong um, and just ruin all the good things. And then back in the day, I would say most of the time I felt really weak. Wow, we're already at question 24. Um, okay, when I'm upset, I feel like I can remain in control of my behaviors. Ooh, y'all would be so proud. The other day, Andrew and I were in the van coming back from a van trip, and he said something. God bless him, everybody makes mistakes, but he did say something that was like super unfair and inappropriate um, about my mental health. And I turned to him and I said, I can't be effective in this conversation right now. You need to please stop talking for a while. Let me tell you all what I would have done 10 years ago is like pull the van over and get him and all of his shit out of my car and leave him probably in a place there wasn't cell reception. Um, So that was pretty profound control. I would say most of the time I am able to control my behavior now and back in the day almost never. Shout out to my ex-wife for living through some of that with me. (laughs) Um, Key point X. 25. When I'm upset, I feel guilty for feeling that way. Sometimes, mm, half the time probably feel guilty. And I think most of the time used to feel guilty. I'm saying most of the time and not always because I do think I probably used to feel like really valid in my feelings, which would prevent me from feeling guilt until after Whatever behavior blow up happened, happened. And then the guilt, the guilt would set in, which was most of us know that's a really like tough place to be. 26. When I am upset, I have difficulty concentrating. Again, all the time, ADHD. When I'm upset, I have difficulty controlling my behaviors. I'm going to say two sometimes and then back in the day always. 28. When I'm upset, I believe there is nothing I can do to make myself feel better. Again, like I know the things, right? Like you guys hear me preach about joy. I think joy is an essential part of staying alive for most of us, but like that's one of my core values. If I'm not doing things that give me joy, there's absolutely nothing I can do that makes me feel better. I know what my joy activities are they're hiking, they're kayaking. They are reading, writing, spending time with my dog, um, eating a giant tub of the most buttery popcorn that exists, extra salt, side of Diet Coke. Like, those are the things that make me feel joy. And so I know that I can lean on them when I'm feeling sad in order to feel better. So I'm going to say one almost never. But I think back in the day, it was really hard for me to feel like there was anything I could do to make myself feel better. 29, when I'm upset, I become irritated with myself for feeling that way. I'm still going to say half the time, probably. And again, like the intersection of depression and then the ADHD loop. um, When I become irritated, I just kind of loop through that over and over again. And so I would have said almost always when I was younger. 30. When I'm upset, I start to feel very bad about myself. I'm still going to say almost half the time and back in the day, always. I think shame is like the biggest thing in my life that I'm working on or need to begin to work on, if I'm being honest. Like even though I can regulate my emotions and even though my emotions feel smaller, I still carry this huge um, feeling of feeling bad. And it's especially tied to my divorce and the end of my marriage. Like that's the thing in my life that just constantly makes me want to throw up. Like I feel like I failed everybody and myself because that happened. And um, I think as time goes on and hopefully as I do more like work around processing that, ideally I'll feel less bad. 31, when I'm upset, I believe that wallowing in it is all I can do. Um, almost never. I know what I need to do when I'm upset and generally involves going to sleep, which is another thing. Back in the day, probably most of the time. I also want to acknowledge the back in the day, like I would rely on alcohol and sex inappropriately to try to cope with being upset. So, Um, maybe that is a form of wallowing. I don't know, but that was my primary tool when I was upset was, um, someone give me some vodka and someone give me a man that's going to fuck me. I like that. That's not the thing anymore. 32. When I'm upset, I lose control over my behaviors. I'm going to say one. uh, I'm going to say two. Sometimes I lose control still. And back in the day, almost always. 33, when I'm upset, I have difficulty thinking about anything else. Yeah, I'm going to say almost always, like, again, the ADHD loop is real. Uh, It's really hard to redirect. I was actually talking with a client about this the other day because they were saying, like, I just can't stop thinking about this situation that happened at work. And they're newly diagnosed with ADHD. And I said, did you know that that is actually a loop that happens in the ADHD brain. Like it's not your fault you're ruminating. Your brain is literally forcing you to do that. We have to figure out how to make it stop, right? That can't always be an excuse or I don't know. I don't love the word excuse, but it does inform why we feel the things we feel. Um, 34, when I'm upset, I take time to figure out what I'm really feeling. Mm. I'm still going to say sometimes like I know what I'm feeling, but I don't necessarily take the time to really like work through it. And then back in the day, almost never. 35, when I'm upset, it takes me a long time to feel better. I would say half the time now, Um, but back in the day, I mean, it would take me like weeks, if not years, if not decades to try to feel better. And young Sarah that is like rampantly living in me still is really fucked up about things that happened when I was 12 years old. Um, And that's trauma. That's the intersection of trauma. But I know that I'm a person that needs more time than a quote unquote neurotypical person to like feel better or to return To a situation and repair. Okay, drum roll, final question. When I'm upset, my emotions feel overwhelming. I still feel incredibly overwhelmed a lot, so I'm gonna say almost always. Which takes us to the end of this assessment. It's really kind of interesting what I see on the paper in front of me is a whole lot of one, twos, and threes on the now section and a whole lot of fours and fives on the then section, which I'm going to tally this all up, but generally tells us that I'm a lot less dysregulated or I'm more regulated now than I have been when I was younger, which also tells us, like, it gets better. Younger me would be so annoyed to hear current me say that, but, I mean, it does. It gets better. Okay, I'm going to take a brief pause, add these up, and then come back and talk about it. Okay, I am back with the scoring. I just want to read the scoring interpretation information to y'all. So the total scores on the DERS range from 36 to 180. There are no standardized clinical cutoffs for this measure. However, prior research suggests that the clinical range for the total score varies from averages of approximately 80 to 127. I currently score a 96. So in that average range for clinical um, concern of emotion regulation, Back in the day, and again, like, Lori and I have talked a fuckload about what we have historically presented as or how we present when we are really dysregulated. I would say little Sarah from this rating scored 164. So, you know, that's a very dysregulated little human. And um she was hurting a lot. And... I also acknowledge that when she was hurting, she emotionally said and did things that hurt other people, which, you know, is something that we like, I have to figure out how to come to terms with or cope with. And that is really um, consistent with my shame. I still like really view myself as a highly dysregulated person. and I didn't like the things that I did when I was dysregulated. And I think probably a lot of people relate to that. Um, But I also want to acknowledge the pride that comes with being a much more regulated person now. I'm not perfect. I am so far from perfect. I am still dysregulated and it still takes me a long time. But I guess this experiment for the podcast really just makes me feel hope that like if I've grown this much that there's still a lot of more room for um, growth. So these are my results and I feel okay about them. Um, Again, link in the uh, show notes to the DERS scoring tool, which again stands for difficulties in emotion regulation scale. If it's interesting for you to check it out, feel free. If it's not interesting for you to check it out, don't. As with anything, take what works for you and leave what doesn't work for you. Um, Just know that we love you guys. And we're so excited to be recording podcast episodes again. And I'll see you next time. Hi, friends. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Bold Beautiful Borderline podcast. Lori and I are so grateful that you're here with us on this journey. And we can't wait to dive into more topics in the future with you all about borderline and even have some more fun and exciting guests to join us on the podcast. If you really enjoyed this episode, we would love if you would rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. We would also love to see you interact with us on social media and on our Patreon page. The links to that are included in the show notes, so check us out there. We would be incredibly honored to get to know you all as you get to know us and our recovery stories. We love you, and we'll see you next time.